Hey preheaters, it's Stefan in London. Welcome to the first of our five August Quick Bite episodes. In the time-honored tradition of summer vacation, Andrea and I are taking a few weeks off and preparing the show for the busy fall baking season. But fear not, we're taking turns hosting bite-sized episodes to see you through the dog days of summer. In years past, we've tackled everything from five-ingredient bakes to our individual passions of jam-making and baking on the barbecue. This year, we're TCB, that's taking care of baking, to tackle some of our 20 for 20 baking resolutions. This week, I'm attempting to make a version of a baked yogurt I ate in Prague last fall and have been thinking about ever since. So grab an iced tea and get ready for some short and sweet talk. Loyal listeners will remember that last fall, in episode 155, I filed a globetrotting gourmet report after a visit to Prague. One of the many amazing things I ate there wasn't necessarily a regional specialty, but it captured my attention nonetheless. It was a baked yogurt. The name sounds a little bland, I'll admit, but I fell in love with this creamy, thick, tangy, sweet concoction. And I'm not ashamed to report that I ate a pot every morning at breakfast. I knew I'd have to try and recreate it at home. Fortunately, I found a recipe right off the bat. It comes from greatbritishchefs.com, and I loved that it was very simple and straightforward, and most importantly, sounded exactly like what I'd eaten. I'd grilled the waiter at the hotel for information on the baked yogurt, so I knew it was a blend of double cream, Greek yogurt, vanilla bean, and sweetened condensed milk, and that it's slowly cooked in a hot water bath or bain-marie. This particular recipe had 230 grams of condensed milk, 230 grams of double cream, 290 grams of Greek yogurt, and one vanilla pod de-seeded. I first preheated my oven to 150 degrees Celsius and prepared a water bath that was 65 degrees Celsius. What I ended up doing was combining equal parts boiling and tap water to get to approximately that heat for my water bath. Then it was simply a matter of mixing together the condensed milk, cream, yogurt, and vanilla. I have to admit I ignored the next step in the recipe to pass this mixture through a fine sieve. I happen to really like the freckled appearance that vanilla bean gives to a custard, so I was fine to leave them in. The recipe also asks for 10 oven-proof pots or ramekins. I don't have 10 oven-proof pots or ramekins, so I measured out my mixture, which was 700 grams total. I divided it by the four ramekins I do have and knew that I had to fill each with 175 grams of my unbaked yogurt mixture. Because of this, I was expecting to bake my yogurts just a little bit longer because, of course, they had more mixture in the pots to begin with. The original recipe wants to bake for 15 minutes until set. I ended up baking for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, I thought the yogurts had set nicely but still had a faint jiggle in the middle, which is what I was looking for. Remember, whenever you're doing a water bath, whether it be for a cheesecake or a creme brulee, remember that that water bath will be boiling hot. So be very careful as you're taking everything out of the oven and again as you're taking the individual ramekins out of the water. 
I cooled my yogurts at room temperature for about 40 minutes, then I refrigerated them until serving, which was about three hours. These were so delicious and exactly what I was looking for. The tang of the yogurt was balanced out so nicely by the sweetened condensed milk, and the really vivid vanilla bean flavor was so beautiful. It was also a really nice thing to make during the summer because the oven time is very short and very low, and the dessert is served chilled. I served mine with a simple rhubarb compote I made with British rhubarb, tossed with three-quarter cup of jam sugar, and I baked that for about 30 minutes. Jam sugar is my new best friend when it comes to thickening fruit compotes or crisps or cobblers. If you're not familiar with this type of sugar, it's, as its name implies, used in jam making, and it includes a quantity of pectin, which is the naturally occurring sugar acid that helps jams thicken and set. Used judiciously, I find jam sugar allows for the perfect blend of sweetness and thickening without having to use flour, corn flour, or tapioca, which I find can get gummy or worse, impart a taste. As loyal listeners know, I have dearly missed American-style cheesecake, which is trickier for me to make here in London because of differences in cream cheese. So this baked yogurt not only had a cheesecake-like tang, it also crucially had exactly the right texture. Now that it's in my repertoire, I'm going to have no problem scratching my cheesecake itch, and I look forward to experimenting with these ingredients to make a proper cheesecake filling in the future. But for now, I'm happy to check baked yogurt off my 20 for 20 baking resolutions list and declare this one a resounding success. I will link to the baked yogurt recipe that I used from greatbritishchefs.com in the show notes for this episode, episode 188, so you can take a look at the baked yogurt recipe that I used. And that was again from the greatbritishchefs.com and a chef named Graham Hornigold. Thank you so much, Graham. I'm so happy to have found that recipe. One last note about that vanilla bean. Although I love the intense vanilla flavor that a vanilla bean imparts, they're very expensive. And I always feel guilty about throwing away the pod when I'm done scraping the seeds, since it still has such a robust vanilla flavor. One way to use this up is to make vanilla sugar. And Andrea and I have talked about it over the years on the show. Simply pop the discarded pod, and you can cut it in half if you need to, or even into several pieces, into a resealable jar. I use a mason jar and fill with sugar. Let it infuse for maybe a week, maybe longer. The longer it sits, the more vivid the flavor will become. And whenever you need a nice little extra flavoring for a fruit crisp or even a cup of tea, it really works as a little something extra. And I always feel happy I haven't let that vanilla bean go to waste. Well, the timer's buzzed, and I've got to get the sprinkles on top of this episode. We release new shows every Monday morning, and Andrea will be up next week with some more delicious and quick summertime fun. Thanks so much to Anne-Marie Russell, as always, for supplying our theme music. You can find Anne-Marie on Amazon and iTunes or at annemarierussell.com. If you're in need of some summertime reading, pick up a copy of Lori Colwin's Home Cooking. It's our September preheated book club pick. And remember, you can find all of our book recs on our website, preheatedpodcast.com. Andrea and I will be back, refreshed and ready for fall baking with full episodes starting September 7th. But in the meantime, considering catching up on any episodes you may have missed, there's nearly 200 of them. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a little extra time this summer, please rank, review, and recommend us on your favorite platforms. If you'd like to receive an email and a link to the full show notes every week when our episode is released, connect with us on our website, preheatedpodcast.com. 
Don't forget to join our Facebook community, Preheated Listeners, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, where we're at Preheated Pod. Until next time, I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening, and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, hosted, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.